shifts the most. Adam loves ERA and auto-tunes himself this way. Paxton's regression screams. Brooklyn's got a winning team. Liam Hendricks, Brad Hand, Mike Trout plays near Disneyland. Stats from spring training. Daily play is a rating. What's the ceiling? Bank on ceiling. Can I get up? Welcome to Fantasy Baseball today on this Tuesday morning. We've got, like, riled up, fired up Chris Towers today. Chris, uh, man... Bring it, you're gonna bring the energy. What? Why? I don't know. You just you seem like you're in a good mood. We've got some. We've got some very good would you rather's coming up. We do. We have uh, some rest of season rankings to talk about. We're gonna play. Oh, we're playing a game today, guys. You know, Uh-oh. we never officially played the game. We we've done the drop a little bit before, but I'm gonna give you some names. You're gonna tell me if it's legit or if it's you. Uh... <laughs> what? You're not happy about that, Scott? No, that that was that was excitement. Oh, okay, good. It was uh, so kind of a nondescript noise. Ah, uh, it should be a good show today. I'm going to start with this though. A trivia question: Name the top three hitters in fantasy baseball in order. Mike Trout. Go on. Oh, <laughs> I got one of them. There's three of us. You guys can name the other two. Uh, I don't know that I can. Um, Paul Goldschmidt. Yeah. And Chris. Nope. It's just Chris. Okay. If- and. Ryan Zimmerman. No, uh, it's, it's Bryce Harper, but, but you don't have the order right. Okay, so Trout, Harper, and then Goldschmidt. So, nope, exactly nope, the- nope. You oh, still don't have the order right. Goldschmidt, Trout, and Harper. Booyah! Paul Goldschmidt is your right, number one you hitter. doing this season? Do you even watch baseball? <laughs> Come on, so This is exactly what we expected it to be two years ago. Uh, yeah, Goldschmidt, Trout, Harper. Goldschmidt leading, okay. uh, those three in steals. Harper has no steals, by the way. Goldschmidt has 11. But, <laughs> but I was surprised, uh, well, Goldschmidt has seven more runs scored than, than Trout. Maybe that's what it is. But Trout is slugging like, he's slugging 741. Goldschmidt's slugging 580. And Paul Goldschmidt right now in points and roto is your number one hitter in fantasy baseball. How about that? Yeah, that's good. He's, yeah. he's a very good hitter. Yes. Yep. Just confirming. Okay. It's nice to see that he bounced back. Today on the show, uh, the rest of the season stuff, we're going to start that right now. we got a Twitter poll to update you on. Joe Ross is going to start today for the Nationals. Joe Ross is 41% owned. Is Joe Ross under-owned? I yes. picked him up in three different leagues yesterday when I saw that he was making the start on Tuesday. I'm very excited. I think he is one of their five best fit pitchers and should not leave the rotation from this point forward. you got to be a little concerned, though, right? About what? He wasn't great in his previous stint in the majors early mm-hmm. in the season. He had a five-two ERA uh, in AAA. He That's has why they sent him to AAA. Yeah, it's just he uh, he apparently his arm slot was off when he mm-hmm. was up before, and so they they sent him down, put him on a program to raise the arm slot back to its normal level, and apparently they're satisfied with the progress he's made. So, look, I don't think he's really shown ace upside in his two-year stint in the majors. But he has enough strikeout potential for a high ground ball generator that I think he can be reliable. And obviously that supporting cast will uh, yeah, will help not, his peripherals play out. I never mentioned ace, ace upside. I, uh, I know. I, I, just, I, 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 am I, I have before. Okay, maybe that's why you're worried. Yeah, like <laughs> I, I think he is someone who could, if everything goes right, maybe not ace, but top 20 upside. It just, I'm worried because he hasn't shown that this year. Yeah, I, I'm expecting a top 40 fantasy pitcher rest of season. Okay, this is Joe Ross we're talking about. Would you drop? Would you drop? 
John Lackey for Joe Ross. Yep. Like he's hot. Yeah, I don't think you have to do that. You probably have a worse starting pitcher, but uh, if you don't, but if no, he's your I'd, worst, I'd, I'd stick with Lackey. I mean, everything, everything that's right for Ross is, uh, well, I don't know. Lackey has a better strikeout rate than I expect Ross to have. I guess he is struggling to keep the ball in the yard in a way I wouldn't expect Ross to, but also a great supporting cast. I think he'll come around. Oh, I think this one's an easy one. Would you drop Vince Velasquez for Joe Ross? Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, you probably have to. I need to move him down my rankings. All righty. Rest of season. Who would you rather have? We're going to talk about yesterday's standouts by doing a little comparison here. Would you rather have Corey Dickerson, who is the number eight outfielder in points, number seven in Roto, has 12 home runs, or Adam Jones, who is uh, coming out of a slump a little bit, home runs in two straight games, three home runs in his last five games. But I just can't believe what Corey Dickerson is doing. Would you rather have Dickerson or Adam Jones rest of season? I also can't believe what Corey Dickerson is doing. I would rather have Corey Dickerson. Whoa, than Adam Jones. All right. Yes, I, I put him, I put Dickerson in my, I, I had a column out last night, eight breakout hitters who I'm not fully buying. And Dickerson was among them, but Adam Jones, I think, is just such a middling player in this environment that, uh, I'd rather take the chance on the upside. Anyone yeah. agree, disagree? I not only can't believe what Corey Dickerson's doing, I don't necessarily believe what he's doing. And I don't, like, okay, maybe Adam Jones is middling, but if he hits 275 with 32 home runs and 90 runs, 90 RBIs, which is what he's on pace for, I'm great with that. So you're taking Jones? Yep. All right, break the tie, Chris Towers. Corey Dickerson or Adam Jones? I'll go with Dickerson. He's, he's been, the thing with him is he's reversed some of the, uh, fly ball heavy trends from last season. He's also reversed his infield fly ball trends from the last two seasons. And that, I look at that as someone who, you know, is maybe becoming a, a bit more of a consistent hitter. Um, you know, having fewer extremes, fewer pop-ups, making more consistent contact. Just to be clear, Chris is, Praising a player for hitting more yes. ground balls. This is I've like crossing that, the streams. I thought I've crossing the streams was bad. Times, guys. <laughs> I wrote a whole thing about it. He doesn't really care if it's more or less. He just wants to be able to say the word fly ball. Yeah. <laughs> I wish some of those, the reduction in fly balls was being applied to line drives as opposed to ground balls. Then I would bind to Dickerson more. But the line drive rate is still well down from his Colorado days, which is the the main reason I'm skeptical. But, you know. Uh, skepticism isn't quite the same as disbelief. I think if you were to sell high on Dickerson, like, I, I, I'm also skeptical I would get an offer good enough for me to trade Dickerson, though I would, uh, be willing to explore it. And to be clear, I think he's probably more like a 270 hitter. Um, so there's a lot of regression coming. But if he's a 270 hitter, mm-hmm. then what does he, what do we expect that he has on Jones? Um, I just think there's more upside there. Like, he might not be a 270 hitter. He might have a 330 BAPIP, which is what his career is, in which case he's a 290 hitter. All right. Yeah. So, if, uh, if, I know that if I had Corey Dickerson, which I do in one league, and somebody offered me Andrew McCutcheon, I would hit the reject button, I would write a nasty note with some expletives in there. I would say, <laughs> you know, for, for even thinking about it. How about you? Would you rather have McCutcheon or Dickerson? McCutcheon still. Yep. Uh, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Uh, I'd rather have McCutcheon than Jones. Uh, 
I, I'm not sure Dickerson, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not sure McCutcheon would be a good enough offer for me to trade Dickerson if I was the owner of But there'd be no expletives? There would be no expletives. Well. It's a perfectly reasonable <laughs> offer. Scott's never going to send that. But you should at least try to get better than Andrew McCutcheon if if you're might, trading Corey I might Dickerson. Do the Qbert thing where I put like the pound sign and the dollar <laughs> sign and mm-hmm. the exclamation mark. Next one, next one. Rest of season. Who would you rather have? Two of the four best second or third basemen in fantasy. In fact, the top two third basemen in roto leagues. Jake Lamb or Miguel Sano? I'm saying Sano. I love Sano. I'm very excited by his breakout. I do just want to add a a little notice on that, that there's going to be a point sometime, I would guess, in the next couple of months where we're going to say, what happened to Miguel Sano? Because some people may be getting under the idea that he's going to hit 300. Yeah. He's not. No. no. The batting average is going to come crashing down. Yeah, he was also in that column yesterday. Eight breakout hitters who I'm not fully buying, mainly because, yeah, I I would be a little surprised if he hit as high as 260, but I would not at all be surprised if he exceeded 40 home runs. He, I feel like he's kind of the new Chris Davis, Cyrus Davis. Oh where, well, well, who are you taking, Scott? Though Lamb or or Sano? I need to know. I'm taking Sano because Lamb has his own strikeout issues and he has platoon split issues. So uh, I. And, and he's, you know, for for the downside of Sano's strikeout rate, he hits he's hitting the ball harder than any player in baseball. And his soft contact percentage I going into yesterday, it's the lowest in Fangraphs tracking history. It was three point eight, and yeah. I don't think anyone else was lower than eight. And he went four for six with a home run yesterday, so it yeah, probably so didn't go up a lot. This no, is Sano. no, it did go down. This no. is Sano, so, by the way. Sano, yeah. there's there's positive and negative with Sano. I think. He can't sustain this pace, but it's more promising than Lamb overall. Something I, when I was looking at Sano and, and realizing that, okay, some of this is, there's, there's some regression coming. If somebody had Donaldson, would you trade Sano for Donaldson? Yes. yes. Yeah, that, that would be without hesitation. Donaldson. So you don't have any concerns about Donaldson just coming back and being his old self immediately? I wouldn't say, well, no, if he's healthy, I think he'll be his old self. I, I do worry a little about the calf could flare up again, but he began a rehab assignment last night, which is, you know, the biggest step he's taken towards returning. He's gotten a nice, long, extended period of rest, I, so I, I feel pretty good. I think there are a lot of leagues where you could make that deal. Or you could get Donaldson for Snow. <laughs> if I and own Snow anywhere. <laughs> and with, with Snow, it's worth noting he does have a 479 BABIP. That's going to come crashing down. <laughs> Alright, like, yeah. let's well, talk about because... Lamb though too. Let's talk about Lamb. Let's talk about both of them. Here. We're not as excited about Lamb. Well, then. I think Lamb's, I, I think Lamb's very good. He's right in that Travis Shaw breakout third base category. Oh, I... he's a Travis Shaw? <laughs> I mean, we do have the humidor thing coming, you know, to a ballpark near you at some point, right? But. But Supposedly. you can't put Lamb and Shaw in the same. Uh, I had tier, him, right? can you? And Shaw and Castellanos in the same group, and I moved all three of them up. And I know I'm probably a, a bit alone on Castellanos in that way. Um, but I I think he's pulling away just a little bit. I've moved him up to 11. Okay. Well, that's you know that that's still. Is, is anybody putting Jake Lamb as a top 10 third baseman? I'm checking right no. now because I have him in a tier with Travis Shaw, and I have Shaw 10th, Lamb 11th. Okay. All right. He's outside it for me, though I 
I mean, he's hitting the ball really hard too. I think he's among those with about an eight percent soft contact rate. It's not yeah in another on in a like in its own tier like Sano, but he's in Lamb is in the next tier. Now, look, right now, Jake Lamb's home road splits are pretty even. He's been outstanding both at home and on the road. But I think that's re- kind of recent with the road stuff. He just had a good series at San Diego. I, he's re- He can't hit lefties, and he's much better at home. So if there is a ballpark effect for Jake Lamb, it could really affect him. Uh, but, I, you know, for like a few weeks, I said, I really want to sell high on Corey Dickerson. I really want to sell high on Jake Lamb. I haven't done either. And it's been great, but maybe, maybe I should, I don't know. Or maybe you just write it out. Sometimes you don't have to sell high. Just get the production that you got from a late pick and enjoy it. Or a mid-round pick, I guess, for, for a lamb. Alright, last one. Who would you rather have rest of season? Zach Granke, who struck out 12 White Sox last night and has a .97 whip. Or John Lester. Zach Granke or John Lester? Granke. Yeah, I need to move Granke up again. I, he, I'm trying to think of the pitchers I would rather have than Greenkey, and it's, it's less than 10 now. Alright, so, like Real Darvish? Nice. Dominant? I mean, this, is, has he ever had a better strikeout rate than he has right now? I would still take Strasburg over Greenkey. I would still take you. Me? Oh, thanks, bud. I would still take Scherzer, Sale, Kershaw, DeGrom. Kluber? Yeah, I'm, I'm struggling with where to put him. I, Right in the mix with Cueto, Kluber, and Lester, I think, which is the back end of the top ten. Scott, to answer your question, he is 10.5 strikeouts per nine. He had the same rate in 2011, uh, which wasn't even that good of a year for him. He had a 383 ERA with Milwaukee, but that was his best. So it, it was a he, Drew Jordan year too. Did so. you see the quote from from Granky? By the way, um, he which said one? like he's several. A, he's a joy. His stuff <laughs> isn't as good as it was. With the as it was with the Dodgers in his Cy Young season, but his location, I think he said, is even better. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, well, something has to be better because yeah, the the velocity isn't as good. That hasn't come back, but it hasn't mattered. All right, here's the quote: Right now, I'm making really good pitches. Grinky said the pitches aren't quite as sharp, maybe as that year, but the location's been just as good. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I think he was talking about, oh no, he was talking about 2015. Yeah, yeah I'm just, I can't exactly just, and, and this is the same issue I have with Keiko before the injury is, I can't just throw out 2016 either. And so that's what I'm struggling with when figuring out where to rank them. But he's got a much longer track record as an ace than Keiko does. Uh, sure. But I'm talking about comparing him to like Lester or Kluber or Strasburg. Yeah. Who have maybe not quite as high highs, but very good track records of their own. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Well, we we are buying into Zach Granke. That is for sure. He is a fantasy ace. Uh, we had a Twitter poll yesterday. I just am quite stunned by the results. Um, <laughs> we'll get to them after the big news. Joe Ross will start today. We talked about him. Mike Zanino is back up for the Mariners. He went down, and predictably, he crushed minor league pitching. Anybody think this is going to be the renaissance for Mike Zanino? He's going to be better than ever? Zanino. I'll always believe in Mike Zanino in my heart. Maybe not in my head. Or on your roster. Or on your roster. Or on my roster. <laughs> okay. Sure. Um, Carlos Carrasco feels good. He's going to pitch tonight. Corey Kluber will make a rehab start tonight. He may come off the DL after this rehab start. 
And uh, Scott and I traded for Corey Kluber yesterday, which would be the second time this year I've traded for an injured player. And the first time it was Zach Britton, so let's uh, cross our fingers, Scott. Yes, yes. Hopefully this goes better. Uh, you know, incidentally, that was in the podcast podcast for the people league, the sixteen team head to head categories league, and we traded Incarnacion in that deal. Uh, so we drafted Kershaw in the first round. Incarnacion was our second round pick, and now we swapped him out for Kluber. We, our our first two picks in that league are, were basically pitchers. Now, uh, Chris, how do you feel about teams that have been mathematically eliminated? <laughs> we're far from mathematically eliminated. Two, two, eight and two weeks in a row, and we're basically five. Oh, that's it. <laughs> yeah, we could do that. We could do that. Just, uh, just two, two weeks of a 130 win pace. It happens. It happens. It does happen to some teams. I'm, I'm curious how you've not strange at all. I don't know why you guys are it. Acting weird about that. Well, it would be strange for a team that started off with a 30% win percentage to win 8 out of 10 two weeks in a row. Okay, did you ever see Moneyball? You see what the A's did? They won 21 oh. games in a row or something? We're Moneyball. Scott Hatterberg ain't walking through that door, Adam. <laughs> you got Joe Biagini going this week for you, so I don't know what can go wrong. We just got rid of our worst player, Edwin Encarnacion. He's off the team. All right. So anyway. So start Mike Napoli at first base? Yes. Yeah. Um, He's hot, baby. He's gonna do more than Encarnacion. It's really strange. I'm looking at your starting lineup right now, and I'm wondering what type of. It looks like you have two first basemen. Yeah, we yeah. have Yonder Alonso. He's our utility. Oh, they're they're not listed in the right order. Okay. All right. Anyway, back to stuff that people care about. Junior Guerra is gonna be back this week. You have any, any interest in? <laughs> I'm sorry, Junior Guerra. <laughs> I well, I led waiver wire this morning. It's not actually up on the site yet, but I led it with uh By the time Joe Joe Ross. I did not even mention Junior Guerra, so that shows the discrepancy there. Yeah. But I wouldn't say I'm without interest. Okay. You know, if you have like a terrible player on your team that you're willing to drop, just dying to drop, maybe Junior Guerra take a chance. Uh Josh Donaldson, as mentioned, did begin the rehab assignment yesterday, so did Troy Tulowitzki. Carlos Rodon is 61% owned. He's still got a little ways to go, but he threw a simulated game yesterday. Houston Street could begin a rehab assignment soon, and Cam Bedrosian threw off a mound yesterday, but Bud Norris, do you think Bud Norris is going to remain the closer? That's what my gut's telling me, yeah. I mean, Cam Bedrosian is their best reliever, so I wouldn't rule out him reclaiming the role at some point, but it it didn't seem like Sosha wanted him in the role in the first place. He wanted him more versatile. So Bud Norris makes that easy to do. Kyle Schwarber and Ian Happ, they both sat yesterday with a lefty on the mound, which is probably more relevant for Schwarber. Uh, Albert Omora Jr. was in the lineup, and so is Javi Baez. And Baez is actually having a pretty, like now his numbers look pretty good, batting 264, 301 on base, 496 slugging. Uh, Baez homered. Happ went one for two with a double off the bench. And uh, we got an email from a from John. John says, "I dropped Kyle Schwarber for Ian Happ. Is that a good move? Will that be a happy ending?" Like happy. I, I don't think so. Like no. I, I know Ian Happ is a top prospect, but he's not nearly the the talent that Kyle Schwarber is. I don't think. And John asks if it's possible if Happ is a top thirty outfielder. I think it is, but it's more likely that Schwarber is, and you already had him. Yeah. You know, before I went to Adam Jones, I originally had Corey Dickerson or Kyle Schwarber. Then I changed it to Corey Dickerson or Adam Jones. Yeah, I would rather have Schwarber than Dickerson or Jones. Really? Okay, all right. 
And yeah. Schwarber's showing real signs of turning it around in May. Uh, the strikeout rate's way down. The hard hit rate's way up. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's going to be fine. Should have stuck with him instead of that stinking Adam Jones. Um, I didn't know if this was recent or if I missed this. I don't think I said it, but maybe I did actually. Alex Bregman is middle infield eligible. I think that happened late last week, and I think we mentioned it on the podcast. Yeah, now that now that I'm saying it, what'd you say, Scott? You mentioned it at least five times. Five times? I'm tired of hearing about it, frankly. <laughs> okay, my bad. And but um, he's still not shortstop or second base out. Just, just we needed another middle infielder that can't hit. Right. Yeah. Hey, hey, both of his home runs have come in the last ten games. All both of them. <laughs> he's turning it around. <laughs> team scam. He, he's not on team scam, but he should be. And, uh, Brad Peacock had a great start yesterday. He only threw, I think, 70 pitches. You know, he was making a spot start for Dallas Keuchel, but look, if, if they want to get somebody in the rotation, they could get rid of Fires. They could get rid of, um, Musgrove. Do you think Brad Peacock is a, is a speculative stash? That's a good thought. I, I, Hadn't really considered that possibility, but there are a couple weak links there at the back. I looked at Peacock's, because, you know, we had that whole thing with Danny Duffy and, and uh, David Phelps last year, uh, moving to the bullpen, gaining velocity, and then more or less keeping the velocity and the return to the rotation. Peacock kept the velocity, but it wasn't that big of a gain, so I, I'm not really sure that helped him that much. But he did throw his slider more than any other pitch in this start. So I don't know if maybe Stint the bullpen has helped him uh, gain the confidence in his secondary stuff in a way he didn't have in his previous time as a starter. I mean, obviously, this was a very encouraging showing. Yeah, That's... we're talking about it. Go ahead, Chris. No, go. We're talking about a 29-year-old that's never really been good that just threw four good innings it sounds like pop peacock to me well look i mean <laughs> phelps worst. wasn't phelps wasn't a very good starter your boy danny duffy wasn't a very yeah, good that's starter kinda, we've seen that all sounds very similar to danny duffy uh at this point last well, year well danny duffy was 3 years younger i think he's 27 last year wasn't I, he I'm, so that would be too I'm not sure. Wrap it up yeah. wrap it up sure 33% age is particularly relevant in this particular uh, timeline. A history of not being good is relevant. It is, it is, I, it I is do re- want to point out, uh, before we move on, that Peacock, you said he's throwing his slider more, fastball less. That's actually a league-wide trend. The league as a whole is relying on fastballs less and less year after year. Pop it's Peacock. something we haven't really talked about. Uh, but it, it's an interesting trend. Mm, that is interesting. Okay. And some prospects, prospect stuff here. The Yankees promoted Glaber Torres to AAA. Probably not going to see him this year, but if you do, I would guess it'd be at third base. Um, they're going to play him around the infield. Toronto, over the weekend, they called up prospect Anthony Alford, outfielder. Any interest in him? No, he hadn't done much but hit for average at uh, in the minors this year, and he didn't even do that last year. He's, he seems a little – like this was, a, this was a college football player who um, – you know, wasn't as experienced as baseball in baseball as most players are when they start their minor league careers, and he still seems pretty raw to me. I don't think this will last long. Okay, this is Dominic. Uh, this is excuse me, um, Anthony Alford. The next guy we're going to talk about, and that's a Blue Jays outfielder, is Mets first baseman Dominic Smith, who's batting three twenty right now, but only slugging four eighty one in AAA at the PCL. Apparently, the Mets may call up first baseman Dominic Smith at some point. Please soon. Is he a prospect? Is he? Do we care? Oh yeah, yeah. No, he's 
he's a big prospect there. He's one of those players who everyone's confident he's going to hit. It's just, will he have enough power for a first baseman? Kind of the same thing we've been talking about with Josh Bell. And um, I've seen enough progression with power over the last couple of years in the minors that I feel like he is going to be one of those players who ends up showing more power in the majors than he ever did in the minors. But it's, you know, it's, it's questionable. Dominic Smith, Mets first base prospect. Colorado starting pitcher Jeff Hoffman pitched yesterday through a gem at the Phillies. Seven innings, one run, seven strikeouts, three hits, no walks. And pitched pretty well against the Dodgers in a home start earlier. So strikeouts are getting a little bit better for him, and he might, you might see Jeff Hoffman later this year. But of course he does pitch for Colorado. And the Angels called up Nolan Fonta- uh, Fontana after they demoted CJ Crone, and Fontana started at second base. Is he somebody that you'd be looking to pick up in an AL only league? Nolan Fontana. No, I don't think so. Yeah, it would only be an AL only league if it was. All right. Uh, look, you all listen to this podcast. Obviously, I'm going to go ahead and assume that since you're, you know, listening to this podcast. You must love fantasy baseball. And let me tell you about the Draft app. It's the most fun daily fantasy app you're going to find. You can play every day. You draft every day. You do snake drafts that only take a few minutes, compete against other fantasy baseball fans, show them what you're made of, sign up right now for draft, and use our promo code FB today. That's FB today to get a special offer, a 100% bonus on up to 600 bucks when you deposit. And if you download the – this is pretty cool, people. If you download the Draft app and you use our promo code FB today. I will be your best friend, and I will compete against you in draft. All you have to do is challenge me to a draft. My username is BigCane2. Yes, you can laugh at that. BigCane2. Um, that's my username. I will play you either for free or for a dollar. So I imagine there will be a lot of requests coming in. And I will decline some of them. I will let you know that. But I'm happy to compete. Um, so look me up. And your chances of winning money on draft, by the way, are almost three times better than on FanDuel or DraftKings. So let's do this. Download draft. Search Draft in the App Store. It'll come up first. And use that promo code FB today for a 100% bonus on up to 600 bucks when you deposit. Search Draft in the App Store and use the promo code FB today. Uh, any standouts from yesterday? We'll do uh, we'll do Fool Jew in a little bit. We have an email about Manny Machado and his struggles. Any standouts you want to talk about from yesterday? Uh, Zach Granke threw a 65-mile-an-hour curveball. <laughs> that was fun. We already talked about Zach like we Grinke, talked about the Chris. two biggest standouts, Miguel Sano going four for six with a dong and Grinky being awesome. I one guy I was getting ready to move down even more in my rankings was Joe Panic. He had a big night last night, hit a home run and had hit two doubles, ah, leading so you, off for the Giants. So you were beginning to panic, were he, you? He was on notice. Um, so I, I'll hold off on that for a little bit. All right. uh, Michael Pineda had another good start. Michael he has Pineda. a 288 ERA over his last four starts, despite allowing six home runs in that span. I, I don't know. Is it just that he had really bad luck before with home runs, and now he's having really good luck and only giving up like solo home runs? Jorge Dongafasio did dig in deep. I look. I I uh, wanted to talk about Pineda because he's got eight or nine starts this year now, and a 335 ERA, a 1.04 WHIP. You expect a pretty decent whip from him. He doesn't really walk anybody. But I looked at the last two seasons. 2015, 2015, Michael Pineda did not have more than two straight quality starts all season. 2016, his best stretch was June. Five starts. He had a 297 ERA. 
So we can say now in the last two and, you know, a quarter seasons or whatever we are, third, um, he hasn't had this pro, this much prolonged success. I, I still have no idea what, what to make of Michael Pineda, but congratulations to him. He's been, he's, you know, in this landscape, absolutely a must-start guy. I, I and I would be, I would be reluctant to sell him for the, mm. the, in this landscape reason you brought up. I mean, maybe for another pitcher who I thought was more reliable, but if I wasn't getting a pitcher in return, all right, I have so a hard time doing that. For his career, Michael Pineda has had a, an OPS allowed more than a hundred points worse with men on bases versus with the bases empty. This season, his OPS allowed with men on bases is 200 points lower. Yeah. Heath, did you watch the game last night? No. Nope. Is he doing something different? Well, and this gets back to what is it possible that Michael Pineda was really unlucky for two years? No. Why, why not? <laughs> because he's, he's obviously really. Because, no, but, but some pitchers are worse with like, Right, there's, some, some there's bad luck. Right. There, no, but there's bad luck, and then there's like being worse pitching out of the stretch. I understand, but he had a 332 and 339 BABIP two years in a row. Mm-hmm. He had a strand rate of 68% one year. But even, that would, even guys that are bad with guys on base don't have a 68% strand rate generally. He's a, been a little bit lucky this year. He's probably a four, like, four ERA pitcher. 56% of his home runs for his career have come with the bases empty. This year it's like 85%. I just said he's been a little bit lucky this year, not as right, unlucky but a, as he was. But a last little year. bit unlucky could be the difference between a 335 ERA and a 4 ERA. Right. If Michael Pineda had a 4 ERA, we're not talking about him as No. If Michael Pineda throws 200 innings with a 4 ERA and more than 10 Ks per 9, he's a top 40 starting pitcher. Right, but that's very different from I'm not trading him. Well, and if we're talking about him as someone that we don't feel comfortable, oh, trading, you'll trade him for a top twenty-five pitcher. Nobody will give you that for him. But I'm talking. That's what they just said. That's what Adam and Scott both just said. Yeah, they said they I don't want to sell high. Wait a second. What, what did we just say? That you wouldn't just trade Michael Pineda for anybody. I didn't that say you, that. Scott said that, and and I, I mean, I, I'll agree. I wouldn't just trade him because I, I need a pitcher. But yes, yeah, Scott said I'd trade him for a better pitcher. We didn't say top. I'd trade 30. him for Porcello or Hendricks. I'd trade him for Salazar. I'd trade him for Tanaka. Okay. I'm just pointing out that like there's, there's a difference between like he's had a little bit of good luck versus like he's probably a four ERA pitcher. Right. Uh, that's what you think, Chris? That he's like, probably I think a four. So. Okay. I think he's probably, I, and I, but I thought last year he was probably a four ERA pitcher. But if, even if he is a four ERA it's pitcher. It's fine. If it's a four ERA with his strikeout rate, his walk rate, so his whip, in other words. His whip, yeah. I mean, he, that's still probably a top 40 pitcher. Right. Yes, yeah. definitely. Right. Uh, so, uh, you know. We don't really disagree on Michael Pineda that much. Okay. Yeah. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about Cameron Mabin. I, yeah, I did too. He was my standout. Yeah, he's batting leadoff and batting 542 with seven walks in six games. Maven has 10 steals right now. Yeah, 10 for 10 and was on base four times yesterday. His walk rate, walk to strikeout ratio for the year is basically one to one, 26 to 28. Um, so, you know, the fact he's only batting 244, uh, guy who profiles as a high bat bip guy was around 380 last year. I think that batting average is going to continue to rise. And the leadoff thing, since since this hot streak coincided with his move to the leadoff spot, I don't generally buy into that sort of thing, but he had a quote about this that was interesting. At the top, I can be more patiently aggressive, where opposed to hitting sixth and seventh, a lot of times they want you to be a little more aggressive early in the count. 
probably shouldn't do that. Uh, so, um, it, I mean, it makes sense. In, a, in, in more of a situation where you're coming up with runners already on, they want you to hit your way on. They don't want you to walk necessarily. And Maven's good at walking. So it, if he's changing his approach based on where he bats in the order, that's probably not a good spot for him, sixth or seventh. Uh, he's probably more himself in this spot, and uh, we're seeing the good kind of regression happen as a result. I think for a guy who's like 26% owned, who who can end up being a plus contributor in two of the hardest categories to fill, batting average and stolen bases, and probably runs too with as much as he walks if he continues to bat leadoff, I, I think he's 26% owned is, is too low. He's, he needs to be added in most Roto Leagues. Have we seen any numbers on steals this year? Because I just feel like nobody's stealing. Is, is it even I feel worse? Like, I think the bigger problem might be there's guys stealing. It's just most of the guys stealing aren't very good at anything else. Except for Paul Goldschmidt, who's good at everything. Yeah. Yeah, I don't but know. Like, Dyson's got 12 or 13 steals. Maven's got 10 steals already. These guys are on pace for near 40 steals. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's probably... How many guys do you think have 10 steals already? 10. Goldschmidt, Hamilton, the two you just mentioned, Pollock. That's Again, five. Maybe not 10. I don't know. <laughs> Let me look it up. I can tell you. No, I, I've got it here, and it okay. looks like it is uh, nine. Good guess. Uh, D. Gordon, Lorenzo Cain, Eduardo Nunez, Broxton. That's a lot of guys who aren't very good at many things. Right. Yeah. And then, But then there's... Like seven more guys that have nine stolen bases, including VR, Turner, Peraza, some more guys that don't do anything. Okay, yeah, I, I could totally be wrong about it. I just it didn't feel like we were seeing a lot of steals, but we actually have Eduardo Start Nunez slightly up on a per game basis. This slightly year. up. Okay, uh, Eduardo Nunez uh, is coming up later on in the notes because he is on a tear right now. But let's do our email of the day at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. It's from Chris from Toronto. He says, "Dear Bryce, Jameson, and Manny." Good players. Good baseball player. Um, There's got to be some tie in there. Jeez. Well, whatever. Uh, can we discuss Manny Machado? The popular advice is don't worry, he'll be fine. But I want to hear some theories. What's going on with Manny Machado, who is the number five shortstop in points leagues? He's got good plate discipline. but That's first three picks in the uh, – 2010 draft. Ah, but number 11 shortstop in rotisserie, Manny Machado, batting 223 with 10 home runs and two steals and three attempts, only 22 runs so far this year. Any concerns, guys, about Manny Machado? He's got, I mean, like, the, the batting average is really easy to explain. And as far as the slugging percentage goes, his ISO is right yep. in line with where he was the last two years. So it's, I don't want to say it's just all luck, but he's got a 227 BABIP. And that's the sole determining factor towards his batting average and his slugging percentage. His hard contact rate is still exceptionally high. Last time I looked, his average ex- exit velocity was amongst the best in baseball. He's hitting a ton of fly balls. I, I don't see the line drive rate is down. The line drive rate's down, but that that feels more descriptive. Like he's been a little inconsistent with his contact, maybe, but. If if you were to ask me what percentage, I would still say bad luck is probably a plurality of the uh of the explanation. Zero to ten on the worryometer. Zero. Zero. <laughs> Thank you, Scott. Way to go. Fill in host. I love it. All right, but this is my time to shine because I have created the fool you game. 
and uh, let's rock and roll. So I'm going to give you a player. And look, with, with a lot of these guys, like, they're good. We know they're good. But are they as good as we thought at the beginning of the year? So I'm going to kind of phrase it, or not at the beginning of the year, um, like like three weeks in or whatever. I'm going to kind of phrase it sort of in a buy or sell way. And you tell me, is this guy legit or did he fool you? And let's start with Ryan Zimmerman. And I will say it like this. Ryan Zimmerman is a must-start all season, and he is slumping right now with a 182 batting average in his last 13 games. Was Ryan Zimmerman legit as a must-start all season? Not as not as like one of the best players, but a must-start all season? Or fooled you? Fooled you. I have a really hard time seeing myself sitting him. Well, you'll even, have to when he's on the DL and even he played more than 115 games in oh, four we, years. Are we adding that tech, that uh, it, like? Yes, if he is hurt, he is not must start. No, if he's healthy, is he must start? I'll agree to that. And like the last 13 games, he's hitting 182, whatever. But like for the month of May as a whole, I think he has like a an 830 OPS. I wrote about him yesterday as someone who's seen his production drop off from April to May. It's kind of an arbitrary endpoint either way. But like the 13 games takes out his most recent good game. If mm-hmm. if if he's an 830 OPS guy, he's not necessarily must start in the current first base. He's landscape. not in head to head. I think he is in row. So uh, starting shot, sure. sure. Yep. I'm not really sure what the verdict is. Is this a fool? Fool you? you. <laughs> uh, I, he's going to regress. He's, he's in that column I wrote. Somebody, is anybody else playing the game? Well, I don't know what the game is. No, I, you know what we're going to do? Has to, like, he has to fool you or didn't like, fool you. Like, didn't fool you is not a thing. I'm not just going to say <laughs> fooled you. Like, No, I mean, based on the way Adam framed it, I have a hard time seeing myself sitting him at any point. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to say no. I think what we're going to do is we're going to debate it. And then at the end of the debate, we're going to come back and we're going to make a determination on the player. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say this is not a fool. I'm going to say this is legit based on what you guys have said. It's not legit, but. Is he must start? Those are two different questions. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is the must start legit? Not, not the numbers. The must start. I don't think Adam worked out the rules of this game. <laughs> Look, it's not. Adam, it's, this, is, a, this is like when someone starts playing Monopoly, but they don't know any of the rules. You and know you what? Have to try to explain it midway. It's kind of like when the host tells us he has a really good show, and then he's like, "Fooled you." <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, um, uh, let's go to the next guy. Hey, you, Hadio Suarez. Remember how good he was? That he slumped, and and he homered twice over the weekend, but that came after a five for thirty-four stretch. Um, so A. Eugenio Suarez as a must-own player all season. Oh. Fooled you. Well, we're yeah. doing that at the end, Heath. Come on. If we could get Heath. him just like five Anthony Rizzo appearances at shortstop, uh, then I think he would be must-own all season. But in this, in, in the third base context, no way. Okay. He's, he's unowned right now in one of our 12 team points leagues and I, more than one. I keep seeing him every time I look at the okay. waiver wire. Yes. Okay. And so. he's just someone that like I think is fine, but I think he's fine in like the 25th best third baseman way. What's, Whereas that would be the, the 13th best shortstop. What's unfair sure. to him, and I will admit it, and it's just confirmation bias. He should have moved up with Travis Shaw and Jake Lamb and for some of us, Nick Castellanos. Into the, I think these guys are actually good because look what they're doing. Well, for me, like, specifically with Nick Castellanos versus Eugenio Suarez, the reason I have Castellanos ahead is 
the production clearly favors Eugenio Suarez. Can Castellanos catch Suarez or is he too um, far behind for the year? <laughs> but I just I look at the way they're doing it and I just think what Castellanos is doing will lead to better production in the future. Okay, so I'm going to say with Eugenio Suarez, what is with me today? Best game ever. As a bust own all season. you. And let's go to our next guy, Alex Wood. As a borderline must-start pitcher, Alex Wood with a 188 ERA, a 1.02 whip, and a career-high K rate and swinging strike rate. He has had a pretty easy schedule, but also dominated at Colorado. So I ask you, Alex Wood, uh, as a borderline must-start, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to say as a borderline must-start, fooled you. Because I think he's a, I think he's a must start at this point. Yeah, not for the rest of the season. I maybe, like that. But right now, there's no way you're sitting. But this him. is the rest of the season. And if game. he can sustain the velocity jump that he's had mm-hmm. without getting injured, mm-hmm. I see a lot to like about him. This I, is a guy who even... got by on guile and deceptiveness early on in his career and was very good. Was able to get a lot of swinging strikes. This season, he's co- paired that with a 93 mile an hour fastball, which is above average he's doing a good job of getting a lot of swings out of the strike zone and a lot of called pitches in the strike zone that to me says that he's still doing a great job of deceiving hitters been very efficient but i'll even add that i I don't even think he needs to sustain alex wood the velocity gain to be uh, a must-start pitcher he he basically was his first two years starting for the braves and then kind of lost his release point for a year and a half there regained it right before his injury last year so he didn't get a chance to really show us what he could do and now he is with since he relies so much on deception he needs a consistent release point he has it now along with the velocity gain i mean he's he's, he's a borderline ace so we're talking about a guy that is throwing a lot harder that has had injury problems in the past, that is pitching for a team that just throws guys on the DL. Heath, Heath can I ask you Willy a question? Nilly. Can I ask you a question? Oh, can you name 15 pitchers who aren't an injury risk? All pitchers are injury risk. Okay. But he has an injury so, history. So kind of bringing it. that up. Injury with, with, hi- but no, but like, injury history But if matters. that's your only argument against him, it's not a particularly compelling one. When he's pitching well, his this His history well, as a starting pitcher is but also. When, isn't it he's like been very good history, as a starting pitcher. Injury. One injury? I think so. All right, I'm gonna say Alex Wood legit because it's two to one. Heath's just okay. saying fooled you for everyone, which I appreciate because it's fun. But I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no fooled you for Alex Wood. Uh, next one, Jose Ramirez is a big time breakout. Jose, because he was at the beginning of the year, he's he's cooled off in May. Jose Ramirez, big time breakout in 2017. Uh, we're saying that what he's done to this point in the season constitutes a big time breakout, then I believe it. I don't see anything. No, 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 no. I'm saying what he did earlier in the season, he started off like super hot, looked like, you know, this year's, oh, what a great pick. This is a breakout. And last 18 games, he's come back down to earth, batting 206, but still with a 306 on base. I'm a, I, really, I still think he's a great pick. So I'm, I'm a say, big yes. fan of Jose Ramirez, but I'm going to, I'm going to cop one of, uh, Scott's phrases and say that if stolen bases are all about intent he doesn't seem to have the intent to steal bases this year and i don't quite understand it but this was a guy who you know i was looking at as a potential 15 home or 25 steal guy he's got two steals he's been caught three times Mm -hmm. that might be why he's lost his intents Mm -hmm. i think he has regressed back to the player he was last year which is still a very good player okay and probably somebody who needs to start in every league yeah he's must start but technically Based on the rules of the game. Mm-hmm. Fool you! 
There you go. Thank you. All right. Similar situation here with Francisco Lindor, who obviously is a great player, a must start, one of the best shortstops in fantasy baseball. But it looked like Francisco Lindor was taking his game to another level at the beginning of the year. And he has basically mirrored Jose Ramirez in the last 18, 19 games. They're hitting 206 and 209 with a 306 and 303 on base percentage and a 286 and 299 slugging percentage with no home runs and no steals. They, they basically, it's weird. They've gone through like the same exact slump, but in the meantime, while they're slumping, they're maintaining their walking a little bit, which is good. Um, so Francisco Lindor will take his game to the next level this season. That's, that is the way I'm phrasing this one. Is that legit based on what we saw earlier or was he fooling us? No, I think he's basically the same player he's been for the last year and a half and that's an outstanding top four starting shortstop he's been his situation's really strange because he is someone who apparently is part of the fly ball revolution oh yeah a ton more fly ball that's a bad oh, idea yeah. for him and i think that's probably true like i think a a little increase in his home run in his fly ball rate would be good mm-hmm. um but he's a 45 percent fly ball rate guy and that's been consistent in both april and may and in April, he had a 38% hard contact rate. And in May, it's gone back down to like 29% where it was last season. So you think, and you so, think Lindor is basically what he was last season? Yes. No. Oh, well, no. I, I think he's a little better. He's, tra- he's traded some batting average for But power. what's weird is well, he has a fantasy value. He's explicitly said, I'm not trying to hit more fly balls. Yeah. And so that's it's why. Contagious. It's really strange <laughs> and I don't quite understand it. I, I think he's going to hit more than 20 home runs this year. So, you know, he's six away from last year's total. 20 would mean 11 more. I would put, I would bet the house on him getting a career high in home runs. Yeah. So I, I think it's, I'm, I'm not, I don't think he's fooled us. I think this is going to be his best year, even from today forward. Mm, Okay. All right. I'm going to leave him off then. I'm going to leave him off. Can't have everybody fooling us. Uh, two more. Michael Fulmer is an ace. Well, we get into the discussion of what exactly is an ace. So, I mean, he's not Zach Granke. He's not uh, even who I think Jake Arrieta is going to be. But he's probably up there with Jose Quintana, certainly ahead of Masahiro Tanaka, and uh, somebody who I can't imagine myself sitting, even if he was starting at Coors Field. So is that an ace? Nope. No, no, no. I don't think seven point five Ks per nine is not make an ace. No. Fooled you. No. He's a he's a very good starting pitcher. I yeah. am twenty second. Excellent. Number two starter. Love him. Is he not an ace? The guy but has he fooled us or is well? I think it's just a question of semantics. I mean, he's not an ace, but I th- he's better than I thought he would. And he's not a two five ERA guy, so he has fooled us. He will be a 3-4 ERA guy the rest of the year. Very specific prediction. Thank you. Well, I like it. I need it for the sake of this game. I'm going to tell you where Michael Fulmer ranks right now among starting pitchers. He is, I think, eighth. He is one of the 25 or so I trust without reservation. You know what? Yeah. I'm not satisfied. I'm going you. on Michael Fulmer. So thank you. Uh Thank you, guys. Last one, Brett Gardner. Well, he already fooled us with those. Uh, yeah, remember when he was stealing yeah, a bunch? Yeah, all right. He already fooled us with the five steals at the beginning of the he year. He hasn't stolen a base in like 20 games, right? April 10th. Yeah. No, but he's got all these home runs now. He doesn't need to steal. Uh, Eight homers. Nine homers now. He can't steal home. 
No, you can't. Um, yeah, but not on a home run. Yeah, Brett Gardner going to have a great year, basically. This is the premise I'm going off. Okay. What do okay. you think? A nice head start for him. Nine home runs already. Uh, that's eight. He's more than halfway to his career high. He's topped last year's total. Uh, he's hitting more line drives this year. Normal, pretty normal fly ball rate for him. Um, Fool I just think, dude. I just think <laughs> yes. outfield has become so deep it's hard to get excited about him. Like, yeah. it's hard to call him a must start even with what he's doing right now. At least in those three outfielder leagues. So, uh, yeah. I do think he'll probably exceed 15 home runs again and be the player he was, you know, three, four years ago. But I'll take under 20. I love him as a sell high. I love Brett Gardner as a sell high. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a full you. Easy choice to sell high. You yeah, sell yeah. high and then you tell the other person, guess what? Fool you. All right, thank you. And that concludes this week's edition of Fooled You. And rest of the news and notes, Brandon Finnegan is going to throw a bullpen session today. Carlos Santana, they were in an NL park. He started in right field. Bradley Zimmer sat. Um, Brian McCann expects to return on Saturday. The yeah, I already gave you that note about Nolan Fontana, so we'll skip that. Jordy Mercer left with a hand injury. Denard Span is injured. Stop me if you heard that before. He will miss a few days with a jammed thumb, Denard Span. And Randall Delgado is going to start for Arizona on Wednesday as he replaces Taiwan Walker for now. I just want to see them give Archie Bradley a chance. Yeah. I want to see if he can be Alex Wood or or Danny Duffy or David Phelps, one of those guys who can sustain the velocity gains in the rotation. For Carlos Santana, you mentioned he started in the outfield. He They have another interleague game today. He's one game away from outfield eligibility. And on that same note... Anthony Rizzo is now one game away Uh-oh. from second base. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh yes. God. That oh, is boy. the best thing uh, ever. There are going to be some so Twitter stupid. fights over this. Oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot about the Twitter poll. Oh, yeah. The idiots out there have this all wrong. Uh, settle the debate. Which is the better dessert? 53% said pie over cake. I said pie or cake. 53% said pie. 47% said cake. What the hell is the matter with you people? Cake we is like are, we are the fifty-three percent. Yeah, I cannot believe it wasn't unanimous. Uh, this is terrible. It's clearly look, cake. Adam, look, Marie Antoinette didn't say let them eat pie. Exactly. There's no she's my cherry cake. Uh, Adam, <laughs> yes. What is a cheesecake? Is that a cake or a pie? It's a cake. It's not a cake. Uh, obviously not a cake. I'm going to tell you something. The discussion. Yeah. Cake has layers. Cake has flour. I'm going to tell you something, Chris. It requires like, the chemistry of the flour interacting with the baking soda in order to create bubbles to rise while it's cooking. Well, that might be why cheesecake I... Has none of these things. That might be why I hate cheesecake. So this is really irrelevant to me. I, cheesecake is one of my least favorite desserts. So I mean, how does one man have so many just... Pie is a higher floor and a higher ceiling. It definitely, it definitely is a higher floor dessert, pie. I, I think if you eat a lot of store-bought cake, you'll probably come away with the impression that pie is the better dessert. No. I mean, as long as you're not using, like, fake fruit and pie, it's always pretty good. Here's the problem with cake is you have to put icing on it, and icing's not very good. Okay. All right. That's, this is a, this calm is down, not too Calm far. down, Azer. Me? I don't want to just trash icing. I know. I'm, I'm saying good. anybody who has a bad opinion. Yes. I <laughs> mean, <laughs> you can overdo it on the icing, as many store-bought cakes do. But I will say a red velvet with cream cheese icing, that's delightful. about as good as a cake gets. I, we have one in our refrigerator right now, Chris. You should go eat it. I, I like a nice lemon cake, lemon blueberry cake. 
with the cream cheese frosting. That's that basically my wife a scone. What's the what's the what's the scone? It's cake. Okay, so uh, it's also team name Tuesday. Um, we got one from Elliot. Hey there, Delino. Yeah, that's that's a good one. I like that one a lot. Good job, Elliot. Holy <laughs> goody. Uh, Samir says it's clubbering time, which is that's very good. What is the real thing? The thing says from Fantastic Four, it's clobbering time. Clobbering time. Okay. Uh, Andy yeah. on Long Island has Barack Obama, B R A C H. That's a good one. That is pretty good. This one's an oldie but goodie from Dave in Boulder, California. The Jerko store called. They're running out of you. I like that. I've never heard that one. I like it. Ah. And, oh, I like this one a lot. Derek has a song of Bryce and Fires. Very good. That's, I uh, don't know that one. Game of Thrones. Like, Game of Thrones. All right. More baseball. That's the official name of the Game of Thrones series. <sighs> I wanted to talk. Bryce and Fires? Of Ice and Fire. Oh, okay. All right. I wanted to talk about, yeah, like the book is not called Game of Thrones, it's called Song of Ice and Fire. So, uh, I wanted to talk about a lot of stuff here. JC Ramirez, Mike Fultonevich. How interested are you in picking JC Ramirez and Mike Fultonevich up? If you didn't pick them up for this two week start, I don't know, like they're probably not relevant in your league. Alright. Uh, boring. (laughs) Scott (laughs) Schebler is 66% owned, does that feel light to you? Yes, it does, Adam. Yes, it does up to 13 home runs on a 40 homer pace. And he's actually had some bad Babbitt luck this year. Like, I'm not super confident he can sustain quite this home run pace, but I think he's going to make up for it with some batting average regression. The good kind. I think he's <laughs> um, he's very Adam Duvall-esque. Scott Shedler, yeah. They're the same, they're teammates, and they're very, very similar. They're friends. And I like both of them. I think they're both uh good guys. Top fifty outfielders. Okay, wonderful. Brett Gardner or Scott Shebler? Shebler. Shebler. <sighs> yeah. Shebler. Okay. Last guy I want to talk about is Eduardo Nunez. He's the number ten shortstop in points and roto. And a lot of that is recent. He has gone on a tear, nine game hitting streak with a three fifty one batting average, two homers, five steals. And uh, he has struggled at AT&T Park. He was actually great at AT&T Park last year, Eduardo Nunez. But it was, it was limited. Not as limited as this year. But anyway, um, what do you think? You know, we were kind of ready to maybe drop him at least in a non-categories format. But Yeah, it's kind of interesting coming into the year that Eduardo Nunez was the one that we pretty much all agreed on was not for real last year. And Jonathan VR was the one that was for real. And Nunez has been... I don't think we're all better, on the same page. Better than VR. You you hated VR. Well, no, but I thought he was. I had him higher than Nunez, and I still have him higher than Nunez. Yeah, I do too. I but mean, Nunez hasn't hit for any power, and that was a big part of his production last year. And Nunez is someone that, like, every time I look at my rankings, I'm just like, what do I do with this guy? Yeah, yeah. it's he, just the thing about Nunez is he's shortstop eligible, and a shortstop yeah. who provides anything is worthwhile in fantasy. And he's been better than VR this year. Yeah. Um. Yeah, technically, not by much. Not by much, at least in points leagues. They are separated by seven and a half points. Eight and a half points. Yeah, in Roto. A big game in VR's ahead of him. Yeah, All right, well, they both. And I think he's probably just a stolen base guy in Roto. I don't think he's going to hit for much average. Um, Yeah. Okay, let's read emails, and then if we have time, we'll we'll get tonight's matchups. But your emails... This is a rest of season in a categories league question. Needing shortstop help. I gotta, the pages are stuck together. 
Here we go. <laughs> hmm. Joe in New York City. Dansby Swanson, Aledmus Diaz, or Tim Anderson? I will go Aledmus, and I don't think it's particularly close. Yep. I'm going to stick with Aledmus as well. Phil in Philly. That's fun. Good morning, Natalie, Emily, and Marty. Marty spelled T-I-E. Yeah, what's up with this? I don't know the answer. How emasculating. I was offered the following trade. Eric Thames straight up for Craig Kimbrell. I'm still (laughs) fairly new to fantasy baseball. I'm not sure how I should be valuing closers versus position players in a 12-team head-to-head categories league. So he would give up Kimbrell and get Eric Thames. I think that's mostly fine. I mm-hmm. think it's a fairly fair trade. I would not say that I'm definitely taking it. It would depend on the construction of my team. I think 12 teams is shallow enough that I'd part with any closer for a... I mean, how are, how are we evaluating Thames at this point? Is he still a top 20, 25 bat overall? I, I kind of feel like... I do not have him in the top 25 bats yeah, You know overall. what? That, that probably is overstating his value. Top 40 bat, let's I, say. When I look at my top 300, Thames is right in the same range as the elite closers in terms of value. Yeah. Um, it's really so, a like, question of how important – How can you get saves? You know, like how – closers how are the saves. hardest thing. To, how how or, replaceable are saves? I mean, Kimbrough yeah. is one of the best And in a head-to-head game. categories league, that's – I mean, some jerk team probably has like six closers and doesn't start any starting pitchers every week. Also, like it just <laughs> – you might have in one league. I've got Eric Thames, Ryan Zimmerman, right, and right. like Jake Lamb. So Closers. I've got three guys that have outperformed expectations. So I might be willing to give up one of them. Let me ask you this, because yeah. I have Thames in my top twelve outfielders. I do not. Would you trade Kimbrel for Nelson Cruz? Let's say I would not. No. Okay. So I, we are different on how we value Thames. That that would. Yeah, I would. I would have an easier time doing this deal. All right. Uh, but closers aren't very tough to value. It's really kind of specific to your team. Yeah. Uh, Rich Just in only base specialists. Rich in right. Rich in Hollywood uh, has he wants to know why you think Carlos Santana is better than Jose Abreu. In points, it's specifically because Carlos Santana walks just a ton, and Abreu doesn't much at all. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's pretty much all the difference right there. In Roto, it's a much closer call, and um, I'm not sure who I have ranked ahead right now. I think I probably should have Abreu ranked ahead because he's usually a pretty good source of average, and, and Santana is, is yeah, a liability. I, but they'll have similar power production, I think. It's just a slow start from Santana. He's going to be fine. Yeah, but he is a great on-base guy, and the points leagues are like on-base leagues. Bert says, Dear Ray, Peter, Egon, and Winston. Okay, I know them. By oh. the way, the Natalie, Emily, Marty thing appears to be some country music thing, so... That's Chris's thing. Uh, ten team rotor keeper, <laughs> ten team roto keeper league. Someone dropped Piscotti in our league. Is he an idiot? I haven't heard much about Piscotti this year. Should I scoop him up? I think when he says is he an idiot, he's talking about the guy who dropped Piscotti, not Stephen Piscotti himself. <laughs> I think the answer to the question is he an idiot is always yes. <laughs> um, ten team league. No. I don't think Piscotti is necessarily must own Roto? with all the outfield depth. It's Roto. He's a top, he's a top 50 outfielder. Assuming it's a five outfielder league. If it's a three outfielder league, ten team league, you know, we, we assume five outfielders with Roto, but particularly on other sites, that's not always true. I think he's a fringy utility I guy. I thought we stopped taking emails from people that played on other sites. I don't know if he does. If he does, then, then damn Bert. It's, it's a, he's a fringy <laughs> utility guy in a three outfielder league, um, but I think he's a must start outfielder in, in five outfielder. And Mark in New Jersey, 
I was offered Eric Thames and two dollars in cap money for $125 budgets for Ryan Zimmerman. Would you give up Zimmerman for Eric Thames and two bucks? Definitely. Oh yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd give up Zimmerman straight up for Thames. Yeah. yeah. So yep. if we, uh, take a look at today's matchups, go a little overboard today, a little overtime. Uh, Going overboard. Remember that comic strip? No. No. But I, comics. No. It was the Adam over. Sandler movie. Adam Sandler's first movie. Oh yeah, it was awful. I never saw it because, because I've heard it's awful. It's, it doesn't even really count as a movie. It's like, uh, like, uh, uh, a, like a frat boys documenting their cruise. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Alright, Rockies at Phillies, Genmar, or Erman Marquez and Zach Eflin. Would you start either one? Maybe Marquez. Okay. Meh. Pass. We'll start Cueto and Lester. Irvin Santana at Dylan Bundy. Start both, both of them. them. Start them both and uh, hold on to your butt. Start That's Danny it. Duffy. What about Jordan Montgomery? Yes. Yep. Christian Bergman. <laughs> Christian Bergman and Joe Ross. Uh, Joe Ross, but it's a little shaky against the Mariners. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Yolisha Seen and and <laughs> Matt Harvey. <laughs> I don't know, Adam. I don't know. Yolisha uh, Seen and Matt Harvey. I'm this gonna is... roll the dice on Harvey. I'm doing it. It's uh, uh it's a hell of a dice roll. I mean, you roll a dice knowing nothing about the previous outcomes of the dice, and we know the previous outcomes for Matt Harvey. Yeah, the singular of uh, dice is die. Well, I was rolling two. We were okay. playing Yahtzee. Right. And you said A, so. Just wanted to clarify. Would you start Amir Garrett against the Indians? No. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Would you start Andrew Kashner at the Red Sox? No. 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 Are we starting both Matt Shoemaker and Alex Cobb? Yes. Uh, yeah. I like both of them very much tonight. Yeah, I guess so. Cobb, Cobb's the one I'm on the fence about because he still doesn't have that change of back, and that's that's his everything. Are you sitting both Tyler Glass now and R.A. Dickey in the Coors Field of the South, SunTrust Stadium or Park or whatever the heck it's called? Uh, I wouldn't feel comfortable starting either of them. I mean, I don't know why you I am starting Dickey. Glass now in one league. After, so, after they just throttled Garrett Cole? Talk about hold on to your butt. It's a, uh, uh, don't uh, start it's a reverse butt. league. You get points for the run. You know, that's Samuel L. Jackson's uh, line from Jurassic Park was hold on to your butts. I guess he was talking to multiple people. Okay. I was just thinking that makes what you're saying makes more sense because everybody has just one butt. Yeah. So right. would you start Joe be a genie tonight at the Brewers? No. We are in the for the people league. Yikes. I like it. All right. I'm doing. I'm, nah. I'm at Miller Park. I'm not picking him up to start him, but if I owned him, I'd do it. Guys, I got to finish up. J- Jimmy Nelson against the Blue Jays. Uh, Patrick Corbin against the White Sox. Yes. Jesse Hahn against the Marlins, and that's it. I think everybody else is an obvious start, starter sit. Would you start Jesse Hahn? No. Where can I find a matchup like that? I think I, I, think I might. Jesse Hahn. All right, goodbye, everybody. Fooled you.